So, good evening, Skylar. Good morning. Um, so, we got feedback. I, I have to. So, so last week I made some sort of comment about the fact that I was going to live on Ellen's roof. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, and you said that. Apparently, there are also spiders on the roof, which makes sense. It's not like I didn't think about that. I don't know how spiders got up there, but it's well, fine. they're they're crafty creatures. They can climb. I mean, if those eight-legged exoskeletal aliens can, uh, you know, hold themselves upwards, uh, you know, defy the gravity and stay up on the ceiling, why the hell can't they climb up the roof? But anyways, well, I'll stop talking about spiders because I'm creeping myself out. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I do have a case of arachnophobia. Yeah, I just don't like bugs in general. So yeah, no matter how mm, useful, I feel, I he- no matter how I useful people com- tell me that they are, I still don't like bugs. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can dislike them, but still not campaign for complete eradication. So I was like, yeah, no, I, you know, uh, insects and spiders, uh, which you have, a pro- I presume, collectively called with the unscientific term bugs, they're extremely important for the ecosystem. But doesn't make them less yeah. scary for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or something like mosquitoes. Certain species of mosquitoes, people have made cases where they could just be eradicated. And it would mean less I, people getting I, getting terrible diseases and yes. not have a huge effect on the ecosystem. I defer to my, my ecologist friends, because I'm not an ecologist. But yeah. I kind of like... History shows, like, okay, maybe they, you know, maybe things better, but the track record shows whenever human beings make a case that something can be safely eradicated, it's never true. So, I am very reluctant to agree with that. However, I have, I know nothing about those studies. I know nothing about which types of mosquitoes could be eradicated and who exactly made this calculation. So, it's um. Uh, yeah, but mosquitoes, yeah. yes, they're like they're seriously one of the most annoying creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you like uh, are you one of those uh, 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 one of those dragons uh, slash humans who attract mosquitoes? I don't think so. I I know okay. I attract flies, which is probably not a good thing. It's like I don't know. <laughs> it may, may, maybe not. Maybe it's just my my um. Uh, selection bias perspective but um i feel like flies always fly around me for some reason but i don't seem to attract mosquitoes i haven't gotten a bad mosquito bite i haven't gotten super bad mosquito bites um like i i I do get some if i'm outdoors but also i don't i just don't go outdoors during the summer if i can avoid it Mm -hmm. um and also there aren't a ton of mosquitoes where i am um Mm -hmm. Like there are some, I but see. it could be worse. Um, so I, so I'm not, but um, I know people who are, who get like high percentage DEET um, bug spray, and put it on religiously before doing anything outside, and that's um, that's commitment. Whereas I should just remember to put on sunscreen before I go outdoors because I get sunburned way too much. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's yes sunscreen. Yes. A very unfamiliar concept to me i hardly use it well yeah but you're it's sunscreen is more and more important if you're at a lower what is it what's the word longitude 
No, not longitude. Latitude. No, it's not. A, it, it, um, it, it, it's 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 not. It's 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 latitude. Like you know, your location is one thing, but also is like you know the 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 features of your skin. Like yes, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah, I have melanin, so I mean, I I mean, te- and again, technically, like, ideally, I should be using sunscreen because blah blah blah, it prevents aging. Blah blah blah. But like you know, who cares? Okay, I'll be wrinkly dragon by the age of fifty. So what? Um. Uh. Anyways. See, I at least try to yeah, remember to I... put sunscreen on my face, for. Just because face sunburns are are worse to deal with than sunburns in other places um mm-hmm. i'll take your word for that because i've never been sunburned lucky i usually i usually end up getting sunburned once pretty bad at the beginning of the summer and that has already happened um uh-huh. and once that happens i'll get maybe minor sunburns or i will remember to put on sunscreen but it, i don't i only usually get one bad sunburn per per summer um so i've already mm-hmm. gotten one and it was because i was outside for hours um, doing something and didn't even think about sunscreen and then got home that night and was like, oh crap, I am a tomato. Um, so that's fine. <laughs> or a lobster. Yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> anyway, um, what yeah. have you done this week? Oh, good that you asked because I, like, I mean, on Tuesday morning I came back from Berlin and that's what I've mentioned uh, on the previous podcast. So this is immediate follow-up. Uh, so yeah. That's what I've been I've been busy doing because, um, as I mentioned, uh, we had here a long weekend. It was the same in Germany actually, and it was quite a spontaneous decision to fly over to Berlin because I've never been there. Because why not? Plus, we have mutual friend living there, and uh, Gigi was nice enough to say to agree to like be a guide for me and show me around uh, Berlin, and uh, it was extremely nice of them because. Seeing Berlin as a, like, through the, like, you know, with the help of somebody who is local is very enriching experience. And also hearing about all the stories and the things that, you know, you'll never um, yeah. find in a tour book, a tour guide book, or however they call like, you know, this Lonely Planet style and so on. And also having somebody who is knows their food and their good restaurants having them help to like okay where are we having dinner where are we having lunch my word that was amazing so uh you know if not if if, yeah. if not for our mutual friend my visit to berlin would still be very nice but i think less spectacular because my word uh seriously the donuts they have there like it's, i think they're called <laughs> berliners uh they, they lead for the tourists Seriously, I, I, I mean, I'm generally like, okay, I have a sweet tooth, but I um, have a sweet tooth, but I'm not that much into donuts. I mean, I will never say no to one, like, because it's sweet. But the, like, the, we were walking across and there was a one place that, so that had a sign like homemade uh, Berliners. And uh, it truly tasted as a homemade. And it is certainly different from the American style donut, actually. It is like more, slightly more chewy, slightly like, you know, yeah. has different texture but extremely delicious i was very like i think the only the fact that we just had recently lunch stopped me from going for the second one <laughs> seriously it's a case of bad timing and, on your part yes absolutely yeah it's, it's it's like it or like you know complete lack of impulse control because ideally we should wait longer 
uh, and then have dessert. But anyways, that's one thing. And, and another thing is like when your friend knows you well, uh, Gigi took me to all the, well, it felt like all, but not like, you know, to four uh, different bookshops. And Good. he got to observe in real life that the, the proof that I am literally incapable of walking out, out of a bookshop empty handed. And I was... Well, you're in a new place. Was, like, you, you, you're you not going to walk into a bookshop in Berlin and not find a book that you haven't seen before. Um, absolutely. Like, uh, it is, yeah. But, like, that's the case for me for any bookshop, no matter the city. Yeah. And, uh, like, I was... While I was, like, picking books, I was furiously making mental calculations and, like, you know, this having this 3D Tetris of the suitcase in my head, like... Will it fit in? Yeah. Will it not fit in? It all fits you in. Oughta, you <laughs> ought to, anytime you fly anywhere, you ought to just have extra Leave space. Allowance. Have yeah, a ton yeah, of extra space for books. Absolutely. That's exactly what I do. So it worked this time. And uh, yeah. Mm, that's actually kind of like full echoes of like, and and those were ob obviously those were English language bookshops because uh, even though like all I can say in in my, my German is limited to saying three words guten tag and danke uh, and so if the book bookshops were German then there are even more of those I would imagine but they would be of no use for me and these all of those were um, you know selling English language books and. That also kind of reminds me, like we've met, we've talked about last time, that uh, you've been told that maybe try um, doing your postgraduate studies or whatever in Berlin. And let me tell you, Sky. Yep. It is so easy for English speakers there. I Seriously. Was, our, our mutual friend told me this. Um, they yes, said uh, Germany, despite being German, like... It's it, like as, as a native English speaker, I'll be fine. That was basically what I was told. Absolutely, and that wasn't yes, what I was expecting. Because I thought that is exactly it's Germany, my experience. But, but yeah. It's it's like I I mean I had this very similar experience in the Netherlands because when I was in the Netherlands multiple times, the impression is like everybody speaks English, and it is like it makes it extremely comfortable. You feel very spoiled, uh, and uh, and same in Germany. Like seriously, everyone speaks like. Everyone I interacted with uh, spoke uh, German, and even in some cases, I was like, oh, "Gigi, like you do the talking," and, he, and they were like, "Well, they speak English, so you'll be fine." <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's it's it's, it's like I imagine, for us as in I imagine if I did do something in Germany where I was there for multiple years, I would pick up some amount of German. oh, absolutely. But uh, it's, it's like it's it's like if you're living in Canada because. Some of them speak French. Um, I don't know. That might not be a good analogy. But anyway, I, I'm sure I will pick up some German. Also, another um, tangent of speaking mm -hmm. about books. Um, so okay. in the city that I... The, the, the city, town, um, Huntsville. Place. My, my university city that I was in, you know, for the majority of, of how long this show has been going. Um, Huntsville has a really, really good... Huntsville and Madison County, Alabama, have a really, really good um, library system. Library, um, yes. Which means, like, you can go online, find out what books you want, where exactly you can, like, where they are if you want to go pick them up. Or you can, even if they're checked in, you can place a hold on them 
and pick them up from any library in the system, which is basically, there's 15 libraries across Madison County. Um, pick it up from any library in the system. Once you have a book checked out, you can check it in at any library in, a, oh, in really? any of so the participating So does it mean that libraries. they have some kind of, yeah. they have like intro-library delivery? They have, you can see in some of them, they have boxes. Each library in the system has a code. Uh, so like the main mm-hmm. one is uh, HMC, which is Huntsville-Madison County, because that's the main one. And then one closer to the university is has some other three-letter code. But you can see some of them, you can see the boxes, and each box has um, two library codes on it, which means if you're traveling mm-hmm. between places, you put the bu- you put all the books that need to go into that library to that library in that box, and that and it just keeps getting shipped back and forth. So right, so they have a a network of, and this is all funded by the state or or by the city. This is all government funded, because it didn't cost me anything nice. to get a library card to use the library. Um, it, it you do have a fee if you turn things in late, but it's it's that's how libraries work. Um, but they they have this whole system for shipping books between, and it's really good. Um, the problem is I'm not in Huntsville right now. For the next two months, I'm in my hometown. And the problem with mm-hmm. my hometown is that um, Greene County's library system is crap. Um, it's like, they have a website, but and they have a way to see what books are checked in, but it's not nearly as good, and they didn't have any of the books they didn't have like half of the books on my reading list they didn't specifically have the third book in the alana series that i'm currently reading um which was annoying uh the tomorrow pierce one right yes song of the lioness it's really Uh good um it's a really good series but um so so what i did i considered downloading the kindle app on my ipad and buying these books on amazon having them in my electronic kindle library but then I realized Apple has this thing called books, right? Or iBooks. Yes. I don't think it's called iBooks anymore. But It's just books, yeah. I'm, Apple books. I'm going to keep calling it iBooks because I want to. Um, okay. But, um, I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Um, it's a good name for it. I mean, I don't know why they got rid of it. But, um, but anyway, I opened up iBooks and went to search. Searched mm-hmm. um, uh, the woman who rides like a man, which is the name of the third book in the series and didn't even didn't like look that close just saw it in the search box uh clicked the buy button um bought it with my own money went into my library clicked on it and started playing an audiobook (laughs) and i was like oh crap i just bought an audiobook for 10 bucks and i don't listen to audiobooks i listen to podcasts if I if I want read like I have time in my day to read, which is a full attention thing that I do for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. each day, um, and then I have kind of time to listen to podcasts, which is not a full attention thing, which is something that I do while doing other things, um, mm-hmm. and those don't mix. So I don't ever listen to audiobooks, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh crap! So I went back to search, realized that there is in the search thing there is a button for all results. And then two more buttons, mm-hmm. one that says books and one that says audiobooks. And I was in all results. And for some reason, the audiobook had pulled up before the book. I guess it's more popular. Or maybe Apple's just pushing audiobooks more. Um, so I bought... I don't think so. I bought the book book. Well, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. because Audible is very popular. So Apple might be trying to compete with them. Um, but, but anyway, I bought the book. 
and started reading that and then went into Apple's report a problem thing and said, hey, I bought this by mistake. Can I get a refund? And within a day, I had the refund. I was like, that's fine. At least I got my money back. It was 10 bucks. doesn't really matter, but at least I got my money back. And uh, that's, a, that's a tangent um, and also a way of saying um, Tamora Pierce is, in my, from everything I've read so far, Tamora Pierce is a very good author. But anyway, bookstores. <laughs> Bookshops, bookshops, yes. Booksh- bookshops. Yeah, we just we just chatted about this before before hitting record. Is that you know you were you were mentioning that you know I do consistently use the term bookshop, and you were saying that for you it is more habitual to say bookstore, right? Yeah, I think it's just it's got to just be a difference between Europe and America because I think most people. Like store and shop here, I think I think most people would just see them as synonyms. Um, mm-hmm. But store is more common. Like um, if you're going if you're going to get groceries from a place, you're going to the grocery store, right? Um, if you're going like huh. at my university, we uh-huh. have the bookstore, which is next to the student union. Like it's a whole thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then any like even even the biggest. Everything from, like, tiny bookstore to the biggest, um, su- like, Target Supercenter in the cities, that's called a Superstore. Um, and it's, it's that, it's that. Of course. And Superstore is also the name of an NBC sitcom. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't very good. Um, but it's, so it's, it's just, it's the commonly used term, even though I kind of agree with shop, because that's also the verb to go shopping you don't say you're going storing because that's not a verb um but you go shopping so like that makes more sense it's another case of like what the way europeans do it makes more sense than the way well it's not even europeans like i mean i'm like native english is like you know is native and english is a native language of only one european country but anyways uh for me i do use the term store but way more rarely, and for me, and again, it might be just a me thing or the way I've been taught English back at school, there is the connotations of size. Store, for me, has to be big. It has to be, like, massive. And yeah. bookshops are never, are never large. Like, I mean, there are some, but there are, there are, there, you know, there are few in between. Uh, majority of the places, of these lovely places where you buy books them on the smallish side and that's good actually okay. they you know they have they they have this they have this typical cozy feeling and also i do prefer the independent bookshops and they they are definitely majority of them are quite small because you know they have to uh well it's an independent bookshop these days in the 21st century how much money are you going to make mm, unfortunately that's why there are yeah, precisely. That you know, often the um, they're small or they uh, they're focused and they or they have something side you know. And ob- obviously, these days every bookshop sells a ton of merchandise as well as a side thing because those are you know additional uh, line of income. Can't blame them. And uh, that's why I yeah bookstore. There are there are some like uh, for example, one of my favorite book places when I was in Moscow uh, 
Молодая гвардия, like, public, like a, a, a store attached to a publishing house. That one certainly deserves a name, bookstore, because that one was like four, like four floors. Like it was big. It was like massive. Uh, I don't remember how many floors, but I do remember that it was very, very, very large. So that certainly is a bookstore. Uh, but the ones I've been in Berlin, they're bookshops, and they're like one of them. Like, uh, They're all very cozy. One of them was very um, kind of thematic. It was all uh, art, design, and, archite and, and architecture books. And uh, then it's um, the other one was uh, most like mostly fiction, and it also had ah oh, that one. It was like also had a bagel shop in it, bagel and coffee shop. And uh, I've been told that this is one of the few places in Berlin that makes the bagels the correct way when they're oh. boiled and then baked. And I've oh. tried one. And so that was the first time I actually tried this kind of like this boiled baked bagel. And I, after two bites, I've realized that uh, book dragons do not like bagels. Fair. Fair. So, yeah, it was kind of like... My experience of a bagel for me. is is a a basically a piece of bread with a hole in it that you slice in half and put cream cheese on. Um, the experience of the bagel is not what's in is not the bagel; it's the cream cheese. Um, but <laughs> it's just a cream cheese delivery well, mechanism. So. Try next time. Try putting cream cheese on a slice of cucumber, like okay, cream cheese, like. Okay, Philadelphia goes go, goes so well with cucumbers, I tell you. I'm Just a, give it a try. I'm a, I'm a young dragon. I don't like vegetables. <laughs> cucumbers this time will be a delivery mechanism, and it will be Fair. it will give you a nice crunch. Fair ranch ranch is the only way that I eat salad, so it's you know same sort of deal delivery mechanism. But um, also going back to when you talked about donuts, um, yeah. You do you know the urban legend of when uh. U.S. President John F. Kennedy called himself a jelly donut. Um, What? So no. he. This is an urban legend. It's not proven. Okay. Um, but I have done some a, a sizable amount of research about the presidents of the United States in the last couple of weeks for a secret project. Um, and it, this isn't something I specifically researched, but it's something I've heard before. John F. Kennedy uh, during the Cold War, or like near the end of the Cold War. Actually, no. The end of the Cold War was in the 80s. This was during the 60s. Early 60s. When John F. Kennedy was president. Um, I don't have my history on this because this isn't what I researched. But um, when JFK was president during the Cold War, he was he went to the part of Berlin that was controlled by the U.S., which I think would be West Berlin, um, if I remember correctly. Not just... not. Uh, it's not... It was like West Berlin wasn't controlled just by U.S. It was actually controlled by all other ally uh, countries, as well, yeah. countries as well. The part of Berlin that the U.S. had access to, mm -hmm. um, basically. And he gave a speech. And at one point he said, I am a Berliner, like in German, whatever that would be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to butcher the German. Um, but he used the German word Berliner. Because that mm -hmm. is theoretically be, how it, it, you would it, it, how you would describe someone from Berlin. Yeah, but it is also a term for 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 a donut. Yes, but it's also Because the urban legend says that's also what you would call a jelly donut. Yes. Um, uh, I certainly look. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. That's 
it's disputed. And the reason why is because the vast any anyone listening to that who sp- spoke German would know what he meant. They wouldn't oh, think he was legitimately calling himself a jelly donut. That's why uh, it's an urban legend. It is something that happened, but mm-hmm. like you've got you know homophones. It's it's that sort of thing. Um, it makes a cute story. But it's yeah, it is a good story. Um, yeah, J- and, and JFK and, was a good president who sadly was assassinated halfway through his second his first term. Um, that's something I did research for the project. So anyway, um, you're talking about bagels. Yeah, bagels and donuts. Yeah, because I like okay, the there are two different terms in German for um, donut, depending on where you are. That's what I've been educated. But when, but I also have seen the signs with my own eyes, is that they, they, it was the sign would say Berliner, and on the in the window show in 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 the window there would be donuts, uh, yeah. and jelly donuts delicious looking and so is that it, term is also in circulation is it called that because it was a type of donut created in berlin like that i wouldn't know and even if i've been told that i don't remember right now because i, I certainly the one thing that happened is a massive information overload so fair. Fair. Theoretically, I've been around, like, I mean, I've seen quite a lot of air, like, districts, like, places in Berlin. And also, we've been up to the TV tower, and uh, I've been given the, like, you know, like, the overview of what is what. And if I'm there right now, again, like, you know, sometime later, I would be able to recognize them and so on. But right now, the only toponymic name that I can recall, two of them, Mitte, which is the center of um, east side of Berlin, like, one of the centers uh that's because that's where i stayed and that's where the museum island is and uh like the brandenburg gates and so on like you know like quite uh, a lot of iconic touristy places and the second toponymic that i right now can remember uh is uh kreuzburg because that's uh where where i've been in um on on the last day that's the most freshest in memory and generally uh so information overload. Maybe I know why Berliners are called this way, but I can't recall right now. So sorry. Maybe like, we'll get some follow up. We've had that. We we've got some of those in the U.S. It's not necessarily like you wouldn't call something a New Yorker, um, or maybe you would. That's a newspaper, but um, it's a, well, it's a is it a newspaper or a magazine? <sighs> maybe I'm not sure. I don't live in New York, um, but like we have even even where I live, we have Springfield style cashew chicken which is a a domestic way of cooking a foreign type of food so that's it's it's a it's a type of chinese um it's cashew chicken which is a chinese food but someone made it a certain way here and so now it's called springfield style but i i can't think of anything that was like it's a type of food that you would call the same thing that you would call a person from that place but uh, I'm sure there are, but nothing jumps to mind right now other than like, Berliner. There are a lot of names. Frankfurter, Frankfurter, like uh, because I, I'm thinking specifically is... in the U.S. Like there are a lot of names for types of foods that have place names in them, like Philly cheesesteak or New York style pizza. But that might also just be a, a part of because I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm, a linguist. I'm looking up. 
but I'm, I'm about to say something weird. I'm looking up what is Frankfurter. Type of sausage, right? Yes, it is. But okay. Uh... Can I get points for that? Yes, you totally do. The only thing is, like, I'm I'm right now looking up how oh, cookies. So I'm I'm not a linguist, but there's something about how germ German is a more synthetic language than English. Like they they put words together into one word more than English does. So it might be just part of how German is that you're more likely to have place names become item names. But I don't know. But anyway. So, okay. How do I even search for it? Like, how do you call people living in Frankfurt? How do you call people living in Frankfurt? Because if they're Frankfurters, then it is yet another example. Because Frankfurter No, Doug, I mean, I'm not getting any explicit uh, search results, so any any definitive immediate ones on the first page. So it's a... Oh, yeah, it's... Well, okay, it's a Quora. So it's like not the most... Not the most reliable source, but Quora does say that, you know, like one of the... that the, Someone from Frankfurt is Frankfurter. So it's a, an homonym uh, with the type of a sausage. So, which is... You know, not surprising. Hmm. Anyways, nice. where were we? There's a name for a, a word of... for... There's a specific name for a word that you use to describe someone who is from a place. Right? I know oh. there's a word for it, but I can't remember what it is. But anyway. Well, toponymic is a, na- toponymic is a name for a geographical place. Like, you know, like, you know, name of a mountain is a toponymic or a name of a city is a toponymic. Uh, but... That term, what you, I know what you, I know exactly what you mean, but uh, no, yeah, it's escaping me. It's kind of worried that John Green would know. Um, anyway, what else did you do in Berlin? Mm, oh, I've been in a, I've been in in two museums, and also oh god, with the museums, it's a whole so separate story. So, guess what? Like one of the side effects of being spent, like you know, making short term decision, like or, or like you know decisions with a short notice or you know making travel passes it don't you don't really bother researching much and yep. guess what this sunday was or well, this past sunday it was a museum sunday in, in berlin and which means that all museums had free admission the only limitation was that you had to book a time slot to a go and Everyone who is local, they use this opportunity, it seemed like, and, and you know, at, at, at plenty of tourists as well, you know, more prepared tourists compared to myself, uh, they all did some booking in advance. So when I was planning to go on, to go to the museum on Sunday, the, I was able to get only, we, we, were, we were able to get only into one of the two museums I wanted to see, because one of them is the art gallery. I wanted to check out, like, what kind of Monet and Renoir they have. Like, you know, the, the, the description of the museum of the art gallery was saying that there are some impressionists, and then just generally, like, classical art, why not? And it was lovely. It did live, certainly live up to the expectations. Um, some, like... There was one statue uh, that, from the far away, it look it could look like you know maybe like an interpretation of a Lucifer, but uh, the plaque on it said uh, a witch, and it was a very interesting depiction of a witch. I've never seen such um, this uh, interpretation uh, because she had uh, like large bat wings, 
and was yeah. accompanied not by a cat but by an owl and a snake. And of course, as the statues goes, she was naked. Uh, but the wings were of certainly course. an interesting feature because uh, that's certainly the attribute you don't often see assigned uh, to witches, you know. But you, you say, like, if you didn't know, you'd have thought the statue was a depiction of Lucifer. And a lot of yes. witches were kind of equated, I don't know, um, specifically Satanists, but a lot of witches were equated to Lucifer. Um, or yes, like, like devil worshipping and all yes. that kind of stuff. But it's just like, you know, like generally, um, in like, I don't think I've seen the, the you know default depiction of a witch. Is certainly, uh, she would not be winged. That's the thing. That was the unexpected detail, not the fact that they were not that they were bat wings and not the nice fluffy feathery ones. Fair. But yeah, that was a very interesting expressive statue. Uh, but that was one of the museums. But the other museum, the one I've mentioned uh, in the previous episode, uh, is the archaeology museum. Uh, translates as like you know, it has a very inventive name, new museum, Neue museum, and that's where the <laughs> university is. And like new college. that one was fully booked on Sunday. Ooh. That one was fully booked on Sunday, which was a bit of a disappointment. Sunday is However, a weird day uh, for anything to be fully booked. But... Well, if it's a free museum admission, it is fully booked. Fair. Fair. Uh, and uh, yeah, but so we got there n- next day and it was certainly worth the effort. Not that it was too much of an effort, but it certainly was because the museum's website doesn't really work on mobile. So that was uh, quite something. Disappointing. But it's certainly... It's certainly worse the fuss, fuss, you know. Um, it's quite, it's impressive. First of all, it is an extreme. It's very well preserved object, that is, who knows how many millennia, thousands years old. Well, I mean, an archaeologist would know right now off the top of my head. I don't, but it is like you know, it's from ancient Egypt, so it is very old. Uh, that's uh, one thing. And secondly, the most impressive part to me was seeing this uh, uh, this bust in person, and just being absolutely. I was very impressed by the fact that if there would be a live person, like an actual real person, looking like that today, they would be considered extremely attractive, like conventionally attractive. And Nefertiti is famous for being um, one of the most beautiful uh, pharaoh queens of Egypt uh, in her own time. And that is, I guess, like uh, one of the instances where you can like it is like, okay, it's a beauty standard, but it certainly transcended time. Uh, and... Because as you, as, yeah. I don't know if you if you, if you came across it like sometimes you look at the like old paintings or um, statues and so on and like you know they do depict like what was considered beautiful at the time and you look at it and you're like all right things changed since then the expectations the social um, standards um, norms and so on they have changed yes yeah what what do you mean Mona Lisa it's the same some people have said the same thing about the Mona Lisa um, which is like sort of depictions of quote-unquote beauty have changed um but yeah um mona lisa is closer to modern day than other works well the only the only unusual like look the only unusual thing about about joconda is that she has her 
eyebrows shaved off and that she's like by modern standards uh, on a plumpy side but that's it but like she's extremely symmetrical fair-skinned and so on it's like i mean i guess maybe the eyebrows uh, throw people off uh but with nefertiti it was like seriously like she yeah. could be on a on a on a, on a like high uh highway like Fashion runway, yeah, I was, I was remembering the, like today, and 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 she would fit right in. So that was a very interesting thing that I actually didn't really expect because um, it's one of those instances where the two D depiction of a three D object doesn't do it justice for yeah. sure. So because I've seen the bust, like you know the the photographs of it and uh, before and the and all the history textbooks and so on and so forth, but and just generally. Uh, but certainly it was absolutely worth seeing in person. And yeah. uh, and the, what was nice is that it wasn't crowded. I had opportunity to look at, uh, look at her from all four sides. Of course, it's behind glass and you can't take photos. So that all makes sense. But it's certainly I could be close up. Like that was very satisfying. So that, you know, I was slightly worried about it. Uh, but no, all good. And... It always, the rest of the RQ... It always confuses me why so many museums are like, don't take photos. Ah, uh, like, I get why. I get... Like, I, I get... Some of them are get, have the sense of, like, if you take photos, then why would anyone come here? You just look at the photos. No, it's never that. It's never that. What is it? First like? of all, like, in the past, with the, like, pre-smartphone camera photos, the concern was about the flashlights because the intense, intense flashlight can damage the object. Oh yeah. So if yeah. if people if people don't have the flash turned off, so if they like you know if they have it on automatic, it could oh. be flash could be. Is that why some some museums will have like specifically say no flash photography? Correct. Yes, that makes because sense. it's a very bright intense flash. It can damage the painting specifically. That's one reason. But these days, no photography is mostly for crowd control. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's nothing to do with the, like, you know, why would you go if you can take a picture? No, it has nothing to do with this aspect. It's it's literally these days, especially with the current photography culture and selfie culture, it's purely crowd control. Yeah. Because, for example, yeah. in this museum, the ban to f take photos was only around Nefertiti. And that okay. is so that people don't, you know, just crowd there. So Because you know some like, people you know, are going to want to take a selfie with it. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. It's probably and, a good selfie and opportunity. And, and, and crash into the glass case that surrounds her. So, yeah. I mean, from my point of view, it's like, you know, this restriction makes perfect sense. And, I, and, and even if it was allowed to take pictures, I still, I still wouldn't do that. Uh, because I, 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 sometimes, like, I do take photos of paintings sometimes, but mostly, like, so that I can remember, like, to look them up later on and... Um, you know, maybe find a better reproduction or something like that. But uh, when it comes to a famous objects that I know by heart, uh, like what's what's the name and who is the author, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I hardly bother. But of course, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a separate, it's a separate topic of itself. Like you know, is there any point of taking photographs of paintings if you're not a prof in a, in a, you know, a professional painting photographer? Because it's certainly a specific. Because oh. your photograph of it is never going to be as good as your memory of it. Um, like, seeing it in person. Yes, yeah, seeing it in person, and then, but then, uh, so, 
again, like the debate can go both ways. So yeah, that's what I uh, did in Berlin. So I've seen some really great ancient art. I've have I've ate plenty of good food, and I've uh, bought books. You know, so and that one goes without saying. We we've um we've become an accidental um public transport podcast. Um, <laughs> we absolutely did. So because tell me, yes, I do have. <laughs> tell me quickly about about Berlin's public transportation. <laughs> well, first of all, it's good. Secondly. Like it is, uh, okay, okay. It is go. It goes very frequently. It is on time, but it is like as punctual as the Budapest f- transport. So, for example, if you are at the bus stop and the 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 electronic screen, the screen tells you the bus will be here in three in 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 two minutes. It can be two minutes. It can be one minute, or it can be five minutes. You know, depending on the traffic or other circumstances. Be but prepared. it is like rough. But it is like roughly in that ballpark, so it is still, you know, relatively informative. And uh, also, uh, this like the Berlin uh, like German public transport system organization company, whoever runs it, this summer at least for June, they had absolutely amazing promotion campaign because and and again the benefit of uh, knowing somebody who is local knows all these kind of things for the month of june you could buy a ticket for nine euros and that gives you access to all public transport in the entire freaking germany oh yes it is a steal it's such a bargain because like one ride uh one way costs like on average like 2.83 euros so it's like you ride a train three times and you already like you know used it up so that's I got this ticket and it was very 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 convenient because after first day of walking 20 kilometers on the next day I was very happy to take a tram even if it's a one stop um, but uh, so first of all the, the ticketing system is uh, like there are these kind of tickets and the you know one ticket covers uh, it's old old types of transport one interesting observation that is certainly massively different from Budapest is that nobody checks your ticket upon entry at all oh so i would i would imagine there are like random checks that you know the controllers check it i would i would imagine because at least that's how it works in prague because when i was in prague like it's also like you enter the metro or like a tram and nobody checks your um ticket but they could be like random check i would imagine it's the same in berlin but generally yeah you just walk in there are like no turnstiles in the underground no ticket gates uh Nothing, nothing like that. So it's it's a mm. very, uh, very like free flowing come and go. So that was um, pleasant. And secondly, Berlin public transport system, like, violently resists attempts to categorize it, because okay, you think you're going. This is the underground. This is metro. But then this that specific train. Like three stops later, it would go. It could be you know go up again on the surface, you know, and uh, and and the it's like you. After three days, I didn't see any logic and pattern, and so it's like you know I would imagine like where it is easier to build it, you know, dig the tunnel where it is easier to put the trails overground, like on the on the um, on the lifted platform. So so there is that, and secondly, some trams have the letter M in front of them, and some don't. 
So like actual tramps, like real, like yeah. honest to go tramps. So it is all utterly confusing. They, but there are no trolley buses in Berlin, but there are electric buses, and they are very lovely. And one of the many surprises that that city um, uh, gifted me with, there are double deckers in Berlin. There are double decker buses in Berlin, like just oh. normal buses. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you know that? I didn't. No, I mean, I was... you hear double decker buses and you think London. Exactly, but yeah. they have like it's 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 a double decker bus and it's like it's a it's a numbered route, so it's like you know you just like it goes from like you know for, it has its default uh, path, like you know you know like a set of stops and but you walk in and you can go upstairs and sit and like we actually did that and it, like and the luckily the seat at the very 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 front was empty, so it was very you know fun experience. I mean, honestly, that's a good idea. Um, because you can like whenever you're taking you can anything fit like that, twice more spaces like okay yeah. not twice but like way more people this is one of those things uh, it's like whenever you're lost for space you go up you know vertical spaces yeah. is often unutilized let's so like in my in my dorm room last semester i lofted my bed so i could put my desk underneath it like utilize the vertical mm-hmm. space um so that's that's yep. the whole thing and also like whenever you're on a sort of route bus if you know you're going to be on for a while you go farther away from the door and if you're on mm-hmm. for one stop you stand or sit by the door so it's it's that yep. sort of thing so like those who are going to be on for a while go up and back and you, you know, absolutely and up. also uh, so yeah that was that was certainly a discovery and surprise the thing is that um of course um, how to say it they don't have like they look more like from the outside they do look more ordinary they do not have these um recognizable profile of a london double decker yeah it's like uh, the 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 berlin double decker it like looks utterly utilitarian it is like loaf shaped very efficient yellow colored just gets the job done you know (laughs) i'm trying to remember if london has open top double decker buses because i think they do it does but um but yeah no the way a double decker bus looks in london is part of the brand of london um, yes, exactly. So, yeah. On par with the phone booths that never, they, I've never seen one work. I mean, by the time I've visited uh, yeah. London, there were already no no phones inside, but they're still very recognizable. So it's yeah, some it's of them, part of that. Some of image. those phone booths are getting uh, converted into um, public first aid stations, um, which I think is a good use for them. Honestly, like they'll have first aid kit and a defibrillator, like just in case something happens because they're so ubiquitous and they're not being used anymore so but anyway yep so that's the public transport of berlin it works very well uh it is slightly confusing if you're uh i mean okay like these days actually you know the whether the public transport system is confusing or not it's like a bit a bit of a ridiculous thing to say with all the maps and navigations yeah uh so but i'd imagine yeah, a city's a city's transport system could be as confusing as it needs to be but you can just type in where you need to go and it'll tell you where to go and like it's fine. Um, in fact, Absolutely. it probably makes it and more efficient to be more convoluted um, to a point. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the report. That's the field report on the public transport system of uh, Berlin. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I hope the, that's that's what I will you know that's the content our listeners come in from come for right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh 
Yeah, and I like you know I think I'm adding Berlin to the list of the cities that I'll want to come back to just because simply for all the museums like there are so many galleries because like one of my friends uh, here in here in Budapest uh, she frequents uh, she used to travel to Berlin relatively frequently at some point in her life and when I, I you know she does she did give me uh, like at least one. Um, gallery recommendation the only thing is like it was closed for pentecost because it's like you know a smaller gallery like modern art but generally there are like so many great museums and i am like okay i'm i'm nowhere near being an expert obviously but i do like modern art and uh so like, nice. whenever time allows maybe i'll come back That's the good. only problem is of course time because by now i'm out of my days off <laughs> the tr the <laughs> can't wait till this because stops be being the reason because like you know all my days off are used for university but uh, yeah. hopefully hopefully next year there will be more traveling for me you put something in the show notes about a uh, ginger oh right ginger right yes so uh i came across the famous like the world famous Bundaberg ginger ale, the Australian product. And of course I had to try it. So Ellen reporting just for you. It was amazing. It holds up to this fame. I wish there were distributors of it here in Budapest. And there, there's a, there's a website that Ellen gave me once, right? Which is yeah. like, you can buy things from Australia and you pay the shipping and the website will ship it to you. Um, and it's like no and, that's a bit too i mean i i mean i enjoyed it but not to that extent yes okay? <laughs> but ellen almost got me to buy some of this ginger ale once and i never did it was it because, was very good yeah it was very very good and it's like you know before that i tried it only in the chocolate form because ellen uh, did send me in her never in her limitless kindness she sent me that um uh, ginger ale caramel chocolate chocolate and it was very tasty and it is equally tasty in the liquid form like actual ginger ale so yeah it was yeah i was uh, I, actually it was very fun it was a very fun experience of like going around berlin and taking photos because you know we have quite a lot you know quite a lot of uh, mutual friends from discord and they all like you know kind of like have their own thing so for example i took uh, I took a photo of Berlin Philharmonic, uh, the building of the Berlin Philharmonic for <laughs> I Ryan. Sent it to our, Ryan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, and I sent it to Ryan absolutely uh, because you know, I, how could I not? Our uh, most frequent uh, f uh, feedback center and the resident fancy music person. Uh, then uh, at some point, I also saw the you know the building with a sign of uh, Universal. Okay, it wasn't Universal Studios, but sold Universal. So I snapped a photo of that because we have a mutual friend who is into you know who is uh, you know who runs a movie club and very very much into cinema and and used to be affiliated with the industry. Oh yeah. And then um, so there was that, and then like you know the like ginger ale it was like okay i need to select this is the photo for for my friend in australia so it was very fun experience of like you know you know taking a photo knowing like exactly who you're going to send it to and then there's like i also i, I have a i have a ton of photos of a very interesting buildings and like just architectural details to send to our to our another our mutual friend who is uh you know who's getting a master's a master's in in, in architecture so oh, they yeah. they might appreciate they might appreciate because oh my god there was, was one building it's um it's a it's an office building it's a reform it looks 
I can help. Well, I'll send you the photo. We'll need to put it in the show notes because that building looks ridiculous, but like in a good way, you know. It's um, it looks as if like there is um approximately eight story like old-ish kind of like end of nineteenth century style, approximately like red brick building, you know, like yeah. with the kind of like. You look at it and you think, okay, this certainly wasn't built in the 20th century. Like, that kind of vibe. Uh, and then, on top of it, like, literally on top of it, there is a glass cube. And it's also part of the building. Okay. So was it, it was, Did it happen would, to be an Apple store? <laughs> no, a it's an joke. office building where oh, the uh, there is, like, a, one of the major insurance companies. <laughs> so, oh. very boring. Yeah. Fair. Very I, just, boring, I just remember building... Apple Apple has a ga- glass cube that's a store I think in New York. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they do, but yeah, that one is like much larger. And it, but it looks like as if like as if like a giant child just put a glass cube on top of a house, on top of a house. <laughs> giant German child. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, and I certainly enjoyed looking at that building. Um so, yeah, taking photos for your friends. I guess that's the thing I do now. I mean, we have many mutual friends all over the world who all, yeah. we all have a very, we, we all have different, you know, as, as people do, we have different interests, we, different, we do different things. We are an incredibly diverse friend group from an incredible amount of places, but it's a, so yeah, but... Yeah, I, I I was kind of joking, like you know, maybe like for the next for the next uh, you know couple of years, my travel theme would be let's let's visit all the book club members in person. <laughs> well, but that would require you to come to the U.S. I would leave you all folks to the very last. Or, or and visit all you in one bunch. Or we all coordinate and plan to meet up somewhere in Europe. All of us U.S. peeps go over to Europe. 